Welcome to another episode of the Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss monoxide deaths after Hurricane Ida, access to medical care in rural the United States, and linking weed to heart attacks. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 102 for the week of September 13th. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Albert Battistelli. Before we get started, our diagnosis code of the week is V93.24XA, or heat exposure on board sailboat initial encounter. <laughs> you know, this is the perfect time because as we know, Labor Day just happened, Albert. Mm-hmm. If you know this, but I was on a boat. It wasn't a sailboat, but it was a boat. Yeah. Didn't it's like the last big boats. boating day of the season, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. It is. After after Labor Day, people start taking their boats out of the water, start winterizing them, packing them away. It's a very sad moment for the people who own boats. Oh. But I don't know why this is specific to sailboats. Is there something for pontoon boats? Are we talking yeah. speed boats? I would assume there's boats? a different diagnosis code for each boat. <laughs> Every wow. single boat. An inner like, tube? Jet ski? Yeah. A... <laughs> A water ski. I mean, just waiting in the water. Yeah. Heat exposure on board a unicorn floaty initial <laughs> encounter. It's like, what yes. the heck? I don't know why they get so specific with these, but, you know. It's my favorite it. part of them, though, is just how specific <laughs> they are. Very true. And what happens after if you own a sailboat and you have exposure on that sailboat? For subsequent encounters, how many right. times is they subsequent before it's like, this is just going to happen? Right. Just the things we know, you know, it's weird. It is. Anyways, let's get into the news. First up, we have, oh, no, it's monoxide. Monoxide is what I mean. It's a joke. Get with the program, people. Anyways, <laughs> according to the Louisiana Department of Health Syndromatic Surveillance, In the past week, there have been 141 emergency department visits for carbon monoxide poisoning. Regions where the poisoning is prevalent includes Greater New Orleans, Baton Rouge, River Parishes, and North Shore. Four individuals in Louisiana have died from carbon monoxide poisoning during and after Hurricane Ida. The most common symptoms for carbon monoxide poisoning is headache, dizziness, weakness, upset stomach, vomiting, chest pain, and confusion. The symptoms are often described as flu-like, and if you breathe in a lot of the gas, it can make you pass out or kill you. People who are sleeping or are drunk can die from poisoning before they have symptoms. Or in this case, and most likely, people got trapped in their attic or something, and something was leaking carbon monoxide, right? I mean, that's probably what it most likely is from this particular instance. Mm -hmm. The hurricane instance, yeah. It's something you don't often think about. Like you think about getting like swept away at sea or like some big dramatic way of yeah. dying during a hurricane. But then right. when it comes down to it, it's just the practical stuff like, oh, wait, carbon monoxide. Yeah. Oh, wait. Um, looks like your, you know, hot water heaters leaking carbon monoxide. Exactly. Oh, those have carbon monoxide. Yeah, I don't know either. But, in your yeah. house. Sure. Because I hear about it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's a. Uh, mm-hmm. I wonder what actually caused what I guess they're still trying to figure out what's actually causing the carbon monoxide. I mean, may, it's possible that people were sleeping during the hurricane. Something got broke and they got fi- they got it from there. But it's yeah. more likely something that's relates to, I don't know, crawl spaces, maybe 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Generators. Maybe people are putting their generators indoors. I don't know. Anyways, if you live in Louisiana, watch out for carbon monoxide. Yes. Even though you can't see it. It's on the loose. All right. When toothaches turn to headaches, Dr. Bruce Dow and his wife have been operating a dentistry in Hawthorne, Nevada for nearly four decades. The Dows are now looking to retire, but are having troubles. Located about two hours south of Reno, Hawthorne itself has a population of around 2,600 but Dow sees patients from other rural communities with no dental offices of their own. The Dow's practice has been on the market for more than a year. Their struggle to find a successor underscores troubling healthcare disparities between rural and urban areas, which the state has only begun addressing. Dr. Dow adds that for most dentists, it's simply a numbers game. The bigger your pool of patients, the more money there is to be made. Rural areas will never win that game. Yeah, so this is a common thing that we see that happens with I mean, not just dentist offices that are rural, but also hospital or uh, doctors' practices, any kind of health, small healthcare organization. Um, and the crazy thing is, is a lot of these rural places are shutting down because yeah. they're just getting overtaken or merging with uh, larger hospital systems, which is bad for the patients. But also, this is from the the actual healthcare provider side, where you know they're trying to close because they've been they're trying to retire because they've been in the business for 40 years and they don't have anything to replace who they like you know who they are right i mean they're they're obviously a big part of the community and just closing down your doors as a doctor or a dentist or any healthcare provider is um a lot harder than it sounds especially when you have oaths that you have to you know take care of your patients take that ethical sort of responsibility to Mm -hmm. Make sure people are taken care of. Yeah, they have a duty to provide to their patients that they have some sort of replacement for them. And it doesn't seem like this is the case for them, which is unfortunate. Next up, weed linked to heart attacks. Whether you smoke it, vape it, or eat it as an edible, cannabis may be significantly increasing your risk of a heart attack. Adults under 45 years old who consumed cannabis within the last 30 days suffered from nearly double the number of heart attacks than adults who didn't use the drug, according to research published last week in the Canadian Medical Association Journal. Researchers analyzed health data from over 33,000 adults ages 18 to 44, included in U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention surveys in 2017 and 2018. Of the 17% of adults who reported using cannabis within the previous month, 1.3% later had a heart attack, while only 0.8% of non-cannabis users reported the same. Some people assume that consuming cannabis is safe and can't harm your body, but that is incorrect, said lead study author Dr. Kareem Lada. Clinician scientists and staff anesthesiologists at St. Michael's Hospital and the University of Toronto in Canada. Interesting. I always think of like weed as something that like chills you out and like mellows you and makes you all calm. I never would think of it as something that would like work you up to where it gave you a heart attack (laughs) yeah i mean this could be one of those things where it's like you know correlation doesn't equal causation sure um i mean it's obviously a good study to have but you know studies like this happen all the time where there's like hey people that do this end up having this right and in this instance um you know the opening statement says significantly increasing your risk for heart attack and really it's only a 0.4% chance increase for heart attack. Right. So, you know, is that significant? 
Maybe. And I guess if you look at the percentages here, we're dealing with 1.3 to 0.8. I guess it isn't a significant increase. And is it like um, increasing your chance because you get the munchies and you're just eating a bunch of like high yeah, cholesterol foods? Right. That's what I was kind of thinking too. Is that. like that could have a play in it as well. Are they just, you know, are they just eating worse because they're right. high? I mean, that's, right. a high, I just that's a good chance. Mash three bags of potato chips and then yeah, up. I just had four bean burritos from Taco right. Bell. Like of right. My my heart is gonna have a an attack and be like, right. what are you putting in your body? But right. Um, you know, it's a double-edged sword. People talk about how marijuana is, is helping people who have anxiety and things like Absolutely. that, which in some cases it does. Yep. Um, but then also, you know, you're smoking. So number one, you still have all the same problems that can help that happen to you with cigarettes, you know. And then number two, I mean, I guess heart attacks <laughs> could be Wait, on the table. <laughs> you know, just be careful out there. Always. And with that, let's go into our next segment. B-R-E-A-C-H. Breach Patrol. It's a breach! All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol. We talk about the latest breaches all across the world. Take it away, Albert. All right. Dottie's security is spotty. Get it? That rhymes. Nice. Dottie nice. and spotty. <laughs> a cyber attack at Dottie's has exposed the personal data of customers. Dottie's is a fast food chain which offers gambling services across 175 locations. They are owned and operated by Nevada Restaurant Services, NRS. Now, NRS says that malware was discovered on certain computer systems on January 16, 2021, allowing an unauthorized individual to gain access to and copy data. Potential data sets that were accessed include social security numbers, driver's license numbers, or state ID numbers, passport numbers, financial account and or routing numbers, health insurance information, taxpayer identification numbers, and credit card numbers and or expiration dates. Lots of numbers. NRS has not released any details on the number of people affected in the breach. It says it has contacted potential victims via post and has urged the NRS customers to be vigilant and look for any signs of fraud. So a, a fast food restaurant chain that also offers gambling services. Yeah. <laughs> that is, I guess it's Nevada. I mean, you know, yeah, what stays it is. in Vegas, I guess. But yeah. in this case, what stays in Vegas gets leaked from Vegas. Get it? Um, yep. <laughs> that was like an alarm. Uh, the yeah, breach that control alarm that we use. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. That's good. Thanks. I, uh, you should hire me. I guess... <laughs> If you've gone to Dottie's and you've gambled, mm. I don't, I don't know. I mean, how would, how would this serve national Nevada restaurant service have the social security numbers? No, that's exactly how, what I was looking at some of these numbers. I was like, why does Dottie's the fast food restaurant have someone's passport? How does that here? lead? <laughs> to social, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's not like you, it's not like if you're gambling, like it's not like if you're going to a casino, they're like, what's your social security card number? Like, right. It's not something that happens. So maybe in this case, since it's the Nevada Restaurant Services, maybe it's the workers of oh, Dottie's hey, that are getting exposed because, uh -huh. you know, that's the forms of identification you have to provide in order to get employment. Yeah. Which in that right. case, how big is Dottie's? Is it is it a fast food chain? I mean, 175 I locations. Just, yeah. I mean, it's it seems like it's pretty it's pretty substantial. So there could be like maybe 10,000 workers. So if you work for Dottie's, um, 
hopefully they can dot their eyes for their compliance response. This is a lot. That was a good one. <laughs> way, to, way to go, man. Next up, First Energy Credit Surfing. First Energy is asking all online customers to reset their passwords after security check uncovered an attempt to breach their accounts. The electric company began informing customers Sunday morning via email of the need to update their passwords following the attempted breach. A spokesperson for First Energy said a routine check detected what is known in the world of cybersecurity as credential stuffing. An automated program was running a list of stolen usernames and passwords into the First Energy online account login system to see if any worked. The list was likely purchased from hackers and contained usernames that have never been registered with First Energy. The attempt was basically a way for hackers to check the validity of stolen usernames and passwords, which could have been used on other websites with more sensitive customer data. You know, Just, I actually got an email from First Energy. Oh, did you? Um, I was going to say this is our neck of the woods. This is this hits close yeah. to home. So, I don't think. I mean, it was it was kind of like, I don't know. It was kind of generic. Oh. I'll read the email. It says, yes. "This is dear customer. As part of our security processes to help keep your account safe, we regularly monitor First Energy's website and customer online accounts. We recently detected suspicious activity involving numerous unauthorized attempts to log into customer accounts." While the vast majority of these attempts were unsuccessful, we became aware that a number of unauthorized logins were completed. Out of an abundance of caution, we have disabled all online access and are requiring our customers to reset their passwords. Hmm. So it would be nice. I wonder if they have, if they if they told the people that are that were part of the successful login attempts, like, hey, you were affected. So you need right. to change your passwords. And maybe they did. Maybe I'm lucky and didn't get affected, but right. um, yeah, it's kind of scary. It is a little scary, yeah. What they do is they they if they get log if they log into your account and they get this information, what ends up happening is they use the information provided in the account, which is like your name, your address, and stuff, to try to get into other accounts that are a little bit more uh, sensitive in nature. So right. this is the result of a big breach happening that wasn't related to First Energy, a hacker group selling your information on the dark web and then using your information in other areas to gather more information about you. So it's very convoluted, but that's how it happens. And this is a good example. All right, Turkey versus WhatsApp. Turkey on September 3rd joined a host of other countries in finding Facebook's ubiquitous WhatsApp messaging service for failing to sufficiently protect user data. The $235,000 penalty was imposed after months of confusion over whether WhatsApp had introduced its controversial new data sharing rules in Turkey. The popular messaging platform updated its terms of service and privacy policy to include explicit consent to the processing of personal data of users who want to use the app and transfer it to third parties located abroad. Personal Data Protection Authority, KVKK, said in a statement. It was stressed that the platform is acting contrary to the principles of processing for specific, clear, and legitimate purposes and being connected, limited, and restrained to the purpose for which they were processed. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to start by saying the $235,000 penalty isn't hurting Facebook a bit. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, that's like, like a drop man, in the bucket, right? Turkey really went for the when it was out for blood. They, they really, the throat there. Like, yeah, they were really out for blood. It's like clipping a fingernail, maybe. Uh, like, I'm very confused. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't even know 
that penalty is even worth the right is it even worth the legal the legal like fees and stuff involved like, i don't think like, so that's like facebook petty cash like yeah i feel like i mean if you're gonna have a lawsuit against facebook you at least need to have like probably 10 million dollars involved right because they're gonna lawyer up so much that it's like you're not gonna win yeah unless you have like a really legitimate case and in this case maybe they do but right i don't know it's such a specific amount too like 235 it's like they like All there right. was like a little debt that needed paid and they were like okay yeah what can we do yeah. to pay off this little this two hundred thirty-five thousand dollar debt okay got it we're gonna get <laughs> yeah, it the, the government the government of turkey had some you know their their right. officials their their uh kids had some college debt that they needed to pay right off. So right. Like, All right let's let's All dust right. up some uh some legal some legal cases but yeah i mean interesting story to follow nonetheless and that's it for this week's wrap-up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Albert Bettistelli. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Bandage Podcast produced by eTactics.